0: Hi, this is Terry McCarty and here's another episode of uh, Reviews and Otherwise. And today I'll be uh, reviewing a couple of uh, recent films. Uh, First one being uh, Naked Singularity, the John Boyega film you may or may not be aware of. playing a small theatrical run and uh, is a regular price video on demand and the other you may have heard of uh, less unless you're been reading social media or know about the Sundance Festival of this uh, past year and that's called CODA Acronym for child of deaf adults, and it was bought by Apple for 25 million. And if you live in Los Angeles, you've probably seen maybe one commercial for Coda, and uh, quite a few commercials uh, for. Consideration for uh, Ted Lasso or the Apple Plus TV Game of Thrones uh, knockoff called C, which has Jason Momoa, uh, Dave Bautista, and Alfred Woodard. So let's uh, get to Naked Singularity based on a novel titled A Naked Singularity by a gentleman who was a public defender and it was a 700-page novel and the film runs about roughly 93 minutes, so you can guess there was quite a bit of, of streamlining and condensation involved. So John Boyega plays the uh, public defender and in the opening scenes, uh, one's reminded of the Al Pacino, uh, Norman Jewison film, and uh, Justice for All, as uh, Boyega's uh, character uh, deals with a somewhat inflexible and uncaring Judge, uh, played by the always welcome uh, Linda Lavin, and after a particularly bruising legal defeat, which uh, leads to a suspension, then the plot mechanisms begin, and uh, Olivia Cook. Uh, who was in Ready Player One and uh, Sound of Metal uh, gives uh, good uh, imitation Drea de Mateo vibes as the person who works in a uh, garage where uh, cars are impounded by the police and it turns out there's a whole thing involving uh, heroin in one of the cars, and an uh, actor named Ed Skrine or Screen, S-K-R-E-I-N, plays the would-be genius uh, neighborhood uh, hood that. Uh, Needs needs the heroine for a for a deal, and uh, anyway, without uh, belaboring the plot uh, too much, uh, eventually it involves uh, the Olivia Cook character, Boyega's character, and uh, Bill Skarsgård, who does a pretty not bad imitation of Bill Hader as the uh, semi-comic relief, amoral uh, uh, attorney body of Boyego. Anyway, the three of them get on the same page and uh, uh, decide to skim the profits uh, uh, from the deal off to themselves uh, and pull off the hat trick of not letting the heroine uh, go back on the street and and therein lies the story and I guess if one's read the book uh, there's like cute little nods to surrealism like uh, sometimes on the time and temperature thing at the nearby bank uh, near the court you see that uh, in New York it's 150 degrees and at one point uh, boyega's character uh, levitates uh, um, nothing to be connected to uh, the Star Wars 7 eight or nine and uh, Anyway, it's not a bad film. It's a not a bad way to pass 93 minutes. Uh, I would say better off uh, just renting it on demand and not uh, rushing out to a theater to to see it while it's still playing. And uh, and it does. Among the producing credits, uh, you get. The I don't know if this was them actually doing something together or just shows the long history of the development. But uh, you see, as executive producer Ridley Scott, and then a few credits later, you see as uh, executive producer Dick Wolf, and that's kind of an unlikely combination. and certainly the wolf part of it you can uh, feel a bit in the, in the courtroom scenes in the beginning and, and then towards the end. And so that's uh, Naked Singularity, co-written and directed by Chase Palmer, who was involved with the, the uh, film It, which also explains uh, Bill um, Skarsgård. Uh, being in this so I'll be just a little bit of a pause and uh, I'll be right back to discuss uh, CODA Hello again and uh, this is Terry McCarty and uh, we're back to and otherwise, and uh, now I'm going to talk about CODA, uh, which, as I said at the top of the show, the title's an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults, and uh, it's a remake, and going to take a wild guess, probably a very faithful one to a French film. And it involves a teenage girl around uh, seventeen in posterster, uh, Massachusetts. And uh, she has an older brother who's uh, deaf, uh, parents that are deaf. and the parents and the older brother are all involved, well the girl too, involved in uh, fishing trade. And it turns out that the girl has a talent for singing, and uh, what that means is that it goes into the the secondary plot, which is sort of uh, Glee, the next generation, and uh, the median I guess it's Eugenio or Eugenio Derbez who was in the remake of uh, overboard a couple of years ago with Anna Ferris anyway his character is the you know tough but uh, ultimately lovable uh, choir teacher and he sees how inhibited she is at, at singing so it's her with a quiet uh, boy and uh, you can guess the you know the cliches uh, kind of come in on schedule and they're meant to to do a duet of the Motown uh, uh, you're all I need to get by and but anyway uh, going back to the main story and is that the girl's parents uh, have a problems with the person that's the major domo of the fishing community, and he wants too big of a cut, so uh, they wind up uh, setting up their own business, and the girl's increasingly torn between wanting to. Go and audition uh, for the Berklee School of Music once she graduates, and uh, to stay put with the family and uh, forever be relied on as the person on the boat who can uh, do signing and uh, interpreting in case you know anything happened like uh, Coast Guard boarding things of that nature. And by this time, you can kind of guess uh, that it's a Gary Marshall film. Uh, Of course, Mr. Marshall passed away, so it's a lady named Sean Hader, uh, known for her work on uh, the Orange is the New Black series. And... Obviously, she wanted to uh, have have a big middle-of-the-road mainstream uh, commercial hit, and uh, the film is pitched uh, very much to heightened uh, sitcom type of stuff, and... Matlin plays the plays the mother and uh, for the most part she's not really all that well used it's sort of has her you know you know very uh, NBC 80s uh, sitcom acting and the same goes with, for the actor that uh, plays the plays the Husband, the girl's father, and there's a couple of moments in the second half where you get a little bit of mild poignance, and uh, and the actors don't have to pull faces, and uh, and you kind of get the idea of if the, that the film could have been better in a lower key and not. Aggressively trying so hard to uh, please people that, uh, well, it's sort of pitched an audience to please an audience that uh, pleases too easily. I guess you could say that. And uh, regarding Marley Matlin, uh, 35 years ago, she appeared in a. Uh, adaptation of a uh, well-regarded, at that time, stage play called Children of a Lesser God, uh, where she acted with William Hurt and, uh, if memory is correct, uh, won won an uh, Academy Award. And she, at the time, it was like a major uh, representational step forward for uh, deaf performers. And in the film, uh, you have an extensive amount of, uh, well, especially with Hurt's character, like uh, where he would sign, he would watch her sign, and then uh, translate uh what she said uh, uh, as he was uh, signing back and uh, I guess with CODA, you have only a very tiny amount of that, and the the film is uh, understandably more confident to keep the majority of the conversations between the girl and her family. Like signed, and uh, and there's uh, subtitles uh, in English at the bottom uh, for people who are unfamiliar with uh, American Sign Language, and it's like the misfortune probably of Coda is like. Twofold. I guess the first is it comes out uh, less than a year after the much better uh, film with Riz Ahmed and Paul Rossi, The Sound of Metal. And, that, and you can still uh, seek that out on Amazon Prime. And uh, I guess the putting on the uh, trivial box office analysis out. The other misfortune of Coda was that Apple bought it at uh, Sundance for $25 million, and uh, it is getting a a theatrical engagement, but uh, for something made to be really blatantly commercial, uh, it's kind of a small uh, engagement, and then you've got the scarcity of uh, TV ads to, to try to sell it to, for the people who might want to see it and uh, s- subscribe to Apple and check out the rest of their uh, series and, and uh, film programming. It's just $25 million to to buy a, a movie is to me just comes off as like... Uh, you know, Apple showing like, uh, well, we're really a player uh, and and obviously CODA is the kind of thing that in a festival environment, uh, it played well, it's just outside of a festival environment, watching it at home on a large uh, TV screen, you can kind of see the Flaws and the contrivances and the uh, artificiality just kind of like capsize or come close to capsizing the maybe the handful of uh, virtues uh, and I underscore the word handful of virtues that it uh, it has it in short it does represent but it's not all that good so this is the end of this episode of uh, Reviews and Otherwise Uh, thanks ever so much for listening and if you like what you're hearing don't hesitate to recommend uh, on your favorite form of uh, social media and I'll be back in a few days and I may be looking at at least one or maybe two films uh, of the past and uh, anyway uh, see you then and uh, have a good day or night or afternoon wherever you are thanks